What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast with your host, Matthew Bruning, back at it again on Friday, December 21st. We are just four days away from Christmas. Everybody, I hope, is having a wonderful, merry time right now in their lives, uh, getting close to one of the best times of the year, especially if you have kids or you're able to be around your loved ones. Uh, it can really be a truly magical time. And of course, for us fantasy players, it's a magical time as well as because hopefully you are in your fantasy playoffs and in your fantasy championship as it is week 16. It starts tomorrow, Saturday, with two games. We'll kick off week 16 these fantasy Super Bowl it is something we've waited for all year whether you didn't make it in last year or you got knocked out in the championship game or you won it and you're looking to repeat or someone like myself who's looking to three-peat a league this is it this is the week we've been waiting for it's finally here and man it was not an easy road getting here either as we talked about earlier this week, last Sunday, Week 15 was brutal for fantasy. Uh, we saw a lot of players just completely suck, and then obviously we saw the injuries. More injuries are coming, and even more now. We will talk about those as we get into the games. For today's podcast, though, we are going to talk about all of the games in Week 16. I'm going to handle it uh, much like I did last week and just kind of going over the players that I would or would not trust in each game to play in the championship round. We will also discuss any of the injuries and everything or anything like that. Anybody who's going to miss something or possibly miss playing here, uh, I will discuss as we get into the games with a lot of the injury news that's been coming down here the past couple days. Um before I get to that, though, I'm going to touch on, I meant to do this yesterday, I didn't get a chance to record a podcast yesterday, obviously, uh, as you guys I'm sure know by now. Uh, before I um, actually talk about what I want to talk about, I'm going to bring up the fact that rankings, I was supposed to do rankings yesterday, so you can find those um, at Fantasy Life blog or at the Fantasy Life app on Twitter, um, or you can find them at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. Uh, I've retweeted them out. They have tweeted them out. You can also find them on the Fantasy Life app blog uh, on Medium as well. Um, all of my rankings on there, my top guys at each position. Again, I only go to the top 25 on quarterbacks and tight end, top 50 on running backs and wide receivers. If you have any questions about them, you guys can always you can DM me, you can at me on Twitter at SportsFanaticMB. I will be happy to answer any lineup questions or anything you guys have there. For the podcast future here, so we're wrapping up. Obviously, uh, for most leagues, Week 16 is the Fantasy Championship. Uh, I know some leagues do play into Week 17. I will likely still put some rankings out next week, um, even though I truly believe you should not go into Week 17. Though this year might be a bad example of teams shutting it down as uh, there's still a lot of teams that have uh, a lot to play for these next two weeks, so a lot of teams will still probably be playing their studs next week as well. Uh, but I will definitely put some rankings out out um, probably on Wednesday or Thursday, the usual. 
when it comes to the podcast, I'm going to probably push back to uh, probably two a week. I was going to say one, but I'll probably still do two a week, um, at least at the beginning, uh, for, especially for the playoffs. I would like to do two a week. And then after that, uh, I may move to one, two. I haven't really decided yet. A lot of it's going to depend on what news and everything I have to talk about when it comes to the NFL. And what I mean by that is, uh, so for me, I really enjoy breaking down rookies, the NFL draft. Um, I've been doing it the past couple years. I really got into writing about it, every uh, writing about the prospects and everything last year is when I really kind of took a deep dive into it. Uh, you know, as I've talked about all year, for anybody who's been listening, you know how much I've brought up Philip Lindsay, how I talked about him last year. He's probably going to be, uh, not only was he my first fantasy call, but it's probably going to always be my best fantasy call. And, and the, what I thought he could do, uh, and he's clearly proven me right. I think he's been a rock star. He obviously made the Pro Bowl this year, undrafted rookie. That's been awesome. Uh, I, I love the kid. I'm sure anybody who's listened at this point knows because of how much I rave on about him. Uh, but that is really what I like to talk about is the prospects and everything. I, I spend a lot of time trying to break those guys down, watching highlight videos and everything, and trying to figure out who's going to be the biggest and the best of the, of the classes. You know, Baker Mayfield was my number one quarterback almost immediately. I love the kids. Uh, Moxie loved the way he played the game. Did hate the fact that he planted that flag uh, in Ohio State as a big a Buckeye fan as I am. Uh, I openly admitted how much I hated that for a very long time, but I still talked about how he was going to be the best prospect. I didn't like Josh Rosen. Um, I actually thought Josh Allen had a lot of upside because I thought he could run around. Well, now look at what he's doing. So, um, you know, obviously had a lot of bad calls as well, Ronald Jones being one of them. Uh, But I I really do enjoy that part of the game. And so that's what my podcast will likely be focused on here in the offseason. I will bring you guys stuff that I've written about for QBList.com and and, uh, different other stuff I'll bring in, talk about different prospects, maybe break down certain guys on the podcast uh, every week, uh, get into different positions. Obviously, we'll have free agency news and stuff like that. And uh, as the players declare as well, what I'll likely do again, though, during the NFL playoffs is just talk playoff talk, um, really kind of dive into the dynasty part of it and the prospect part of it after January 15th because that is uh, the last day that players have to declare for the NFL draft. So we'll get a much better and bigger picture and a full picture of what the draft will look like by that day. We'll have the full list of all the players coming out, and that's when I'll really be able to start getting into more of the rankings uh, and breaking players down. I've already broken down, again, on QBList.com, my top 10 uh, at the running back and wide receiver position, then my top five quarterbacks, but obviously that could change because some of those guys don't have to come out, um, could completely change my rankings and everything, and so I will continue to break them down, though, uh, as they uh, as that day comes closer and everybody declares. I, like I said, one of my most favorite times of the year and really enjoy doing that part, and so that's what I'll, I'll kind of focus on with the podcast at that point. I will also talk some baseball as well as uh, some of you who follow me on Twitter may know I'm a huge baseball fan, huge Indians fan. Um, and I do write, obviously, with the Fantasy Life app. We do have a full baseball crew over there. I have reached out to some of those guys. Uh, they would like to kind of get on the podcast and talk a little fantasy baseball as well at times. Um, I don't know for sure on this audience size. I mean, we the size has grown quite a little bit, and I do appreciate, again, everybody who's listening 
retweeting out the link and, and talking about the podcast. It's been awesome. Uh, don't know how many people in here, though, play fantasy baseball. If any, so you could reach out to me. Uh, maybe if I get a, a lot of people saying they don't want to hear about fantasy baseball, we'll stop it. Uh, but I do play fantasy baseball as well. I'm in a couple fantasy dynasty baseball leagues as well. Um, as, as big a baseball fan as I am, it's probably not a surprise. And so I would like to bring a couple of those guys on, talk a little bit about that. Maybe some of you guys also play in multiple fantasy sports. You'd like to hear talk about something else. You guys, just again, reach out to me on Twitter. Let me know what you guys would like me to talk about. Uh, we'll definitely start looking in that. I've actually already started getting some dynasty questions as well uh, from certain people about trades and everything they might make in the offseason. I'm going to dedicate an entire show to that. I'd like to get about 30-ish questions or so and just kind of knock those out as well. So I'll definitely be putting that out on Twitter once that date gets closer as well uh, to start saying, hey, if you've got a trade or something you've been looking for in dynasty or maybe someone you're, you, you think you should target, someone you should move on from, stuff like that will all be off-season programs that I will focus on and talk about different episodes as well again to just kind of bring you guys one or two episodes a week to keep the, the fantasy football talk alive and exactly why I love Dynasty because Dynasty Fantasy Football Leagues are year-round adventures so with all that being said, that is exact. That's what I plan on doing with the podcast moving forward until obviously we get into the 2019 draft season, and then we will talk real NFL draft. And then once we get into rookie drafts, we'll do that. And then obviously redraft, supplemental drafts, however you guys want to do it. We'll we'll continue to move our way on up into the fan 2019 fantasy season. We eating all day, bro. <laughs> So for the first game, we've got the Washington Redskins and the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee given the 75% chance to win the game, and they are 10-point favorites. For fantasy on Washington, I don't think you can trust anybody here. Um, You can't trust... Well, I'll get to Josh Johnson in a second, actually. I don't think you can trust Adrian Peterson against this defense for Tennessee, uh, and I really don't trust any of these wide receivers. I know Jamison Crowder has been pretty good the past couple weeks. If you want to take a flyer on him, I could see that, depending on who else you had on your roster. But I cannot start Josh Doxson. Michael Floyd, uh, Brian Quick, I I just can't do it unless you've just gotten killed with injuries, which is possible this week. I couldn't do it. Uh, Jeremy Sprinkle, I do have as a tight end two this week just based on the fact uh, that Vernon Davis is likely going to be out with a concussion and Jordan Reed obviously out with the foot. Sprinkle, there's not, just not really anybody else Josh Johnson has to throw to. Johnson has been a top four quarterback the past couple weeks. If you really don't have anybody else, you can play him. I think he's got a fairly safe floor of about 15 points. I personally would not feel comfortable doing it. 
For Tennessee, I think it's fairly easy as well. It's just Derrick Henry. Uh, I like Corey Davis in this game. I think he's got a good matchup, but I just don't think that uh, he's going to get enough chances with the ball. I think they're going to lean very heavily on Derrick Henry in this game, um, much like they have here lately, obviously. Uh, And I do expect him uh, to have a good game here as well. Uh, So Corey Davis, maybe, if you're feeling lucky, uh, because I could also very easily see Derrick Henry doing absolutely nothing in this game, getting you like 6.7 points. uh, And then they're going to have to lean on somebody else, and that's going to be Corey Davis. Uh, But I don't trust Marcus Mariota at all. And I have uh, the Tennessee Titans winning this game. The next up, the other Saturday game, the late night Saturday game, the Baltimore Ravens and the Los Angeles Chargers. Los Angeles being given a 79% chance to win the game, and they are four-point favorites. For the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, I think, is an easy start for me at quarterback. He's got a fairly safe floor of about 18 points, especially with that rushing. Though I would be a little worried about him going up against this defense. This is by far one of the best fronts he's ever had to play so far. Again, only had five starts in his career now, um, but is by far one of the best fronts that they'll have. I don't see him getting as much rushing points here um, compared to what he has been the past couple weeks. I like Gus Edwards a little bit in this matchup, but I think he's nothing more than a flex starter because he's going to have to put up a bunch of uh, yards, and then he's going to have to score to come through for you in this one. Um, and as we've talked about every week, I just can't trust any of these wide receivers until Lamar Jackson can prove to me that he can throw the ball, which he hasn't as of late. For the Chargers, Melvin Gordon is good to go. Play him. They're not going to put him out there. Uh, as a, There's no such thing as, at least in my opinion, a decoy at the running back position. So they're not going to put him out there unless they fully trust that he's ready to go. I think that they trust that he's ready to go. Uh, I do still think Justin Jackson's going to get a fair amount of work here because Austin Eckler's going to be out. So if you have Justin Jackson and you don't have Melvin Gordon, uh, you've just been kind of playing Justin Jackson with Gordon out. I think Justin Jackson can still be a easy flex starter this week. Because this Baltimore Ravens defense is good, um, and they're like he's likely going to get some dump offs and everything. He'll be able to do something with them. At wide receiver, uh, I don't expect Mike Williams to have quite the game he had last week, but I do expect him to be uh, decent in this one. Get you probably close to twelve to fourteen points. Keenan Allen is, uh, you have to pay attention to Keenan Allen here. Uh, They're saying that there's still a chance that he might play. He is technically questionable at the moment. Um, I haven't heard anything different on whether they're leaning one way or the other, like some other players that we've gotten some talks about here. So for me, Keenan Allen, just watch it, obviously. The good thing is they play Sunday night, so chances are you'll have the time to put somebody else in your lineup if he's not able to go. I would say if they say, hey, he's good to go, you've got to play him. Um, I don't think that they'd put him out there unless he's at least 80 to 90% ready to go, and an 80 to 90% Keenan Allen is better than most wide receivers, 100%. Uh, effort here so I do think regardless if he's out there you've got to play him and hope that he's at least able to score and get you some points I have the Chargers winning this game into the Sunday games the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns the Brownies getting the 60% chance to win this game and are 8.5 favorites it's a long time since I've seen Cleveland favored in a game For Cincinnati, it's just Joe Mixon. Tyler Boyd is out with an injury. I do not trust Jeff Driscoll. Don't trust, uh, you know, Cody Rotten to the core. I don't trust Alex Erickson here. 
CJ Uzoma, nobody. It's just Joe Mixon, and even Joe Mixon I'm a little worried about in this one because he's literally all they have. I think if you've got him, you've got to play him, but don't expect a huge game out of him. For Cleveland, I think Baker is a worthy start here. Baker put up four touchdowns against the Bengals just a couple weeks ago. What scares me a little bit on Baker is that uh, Cincinnati's defense by far one of the worst against the run this year, so I do think Nick Chubb is an easy lock as well. I could see Chubb going off so much in this one that it hurts Baker. Um, but, again, Baker had four touchdowns against this defense. It's the Browns' last home game. I really think the Browns are going to ball out in this one. I expect Baker to throw multiple touchdowns here. Baker, Chubb, easy plays for me. At the wide receiver position, I'm just not seeing it. I know he's got to throw the touchdown to somebody, but I think he's going to spread him around. I, I like Jarvis somewhat, but as a low-end flex starter. I don't see him being a wide receiver one or two unless he scores you that touchdown. And same thing with Antonio Callaway. I just don't think you can trust him. I love him. I think he has a really good shot. As I, I mean, I say it every week, to score a touchdown just based on his playmaking ability. I just don't know if you can count on it. I mean, if you have David Njoku, I think you have to play him just based on how bad the tight end position is, but I just don't have any trust in him anymore at this point with what he has done. And I do think you can play the Browns' defense as well. I think this defense has been playing really good. I think they'll be able to get after Jeff Driscoll and cause some turnovers. I have the Cleveland Browns winning this game. Next up, we've got the New York Giants and the Indianapolis Colts for the Giants. Odell has been ruled out yet again. So we do not... Oh, well, before I get to that, I'm sorry. The uh, Colts are being given the 73% chance to win this game, and they are 9.5 favorites. So, anyways, Odell is out of this one. Russell Shepard, out. So that literally just leaves you Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, Eli Manning for fantasy reasons. Can't play Eli can't play Sterling Shepard either. I do kind of like Evan Ingram in this matchup. I think that he can uh, actually do some damage here against the secondary. And then obviously, if you have Saquon, you've got to play him. The Colts sh didn't necessarily shut down Zeke, but they did limit him some. But he still put up 17 points last week. As much as I love Zeke, I think Saquon is a superior talent to him. So Saquon, an easy start for me on the Giants side. He should still get his points. I know he struggled last week. Uh, didn't actually didn't quite have the game a lot of us had hoped for. He'll bounce back at least some this week. For the Colts, I think Andrew Luck is an easy start here. Uh, you got to go with him. T.Y. Hilton, uh, he was back at practice today. He should be good to go. Easy start there. I think Eric Ebron is an easy start as well. Giants giving up points to the tight end position, Eric Ebron, uh, from what we were reading, was a focal point of the Cowboys' defense last week to shut down. They did a very good job of that. I don't think the Giants will be able to do it. Ebron's good to go here as well. And Marlon Mack. I think uh, the Mac attack is good to play as well. Uh, the Giants, one of the bo bottom 10 worst teams against the uh, run here. Marlon Mack should have a fairly good game. Next up, we have the Falcons and the Panthers. Uh, this game is literally tied 49.8% on who could pull out the win. Atlanta, the three-point favorite, and they're only the three-point favorite because uh, they are the they are not the home team. Interesting. Usually, they'll give the team three points if they are the home team, uh, but this one is in Carolina. So, for the Falcons, I think Matt Ryan is an easy start. 
While uh, Carolina's defense has been getting better ever since Ron Rivera took over, they are still not at all what they were at the start of this season, um, and I do think Atlanta's going to be able to put plays on them. We need to watch Julio Jones. He is currently questionable, and there's a lot of talk about him not po- not playing in this game. Dan Quinn has come out and said that they, they're not sure if they're going to start him. Dan Quinn is one of the most upfront and honest head coaches in the NFL. He is... His track record speaks for itself when it comes to injured players. He's uh, very open and honest about that. So when he says he's not sure if Julio Jones is going to play, I take him at his word on that. So that is something we need to watch. They have come out and said um, that he will be a game-time decision, but they will make that decision early Sunday morning. So chances are you should know well ahead of the game time there. So plan accordingly. I would honestly plan for the fact that Julio is not going to play. If he doesn't play, I still really don't like Calvin Ridley in this one. I think Mohamed Sanu is the play there. Uh, Calvin Ridley, whether it's just hitting the rookie wall or what has really kind of struggled here in the second half of the season. Um, I like Austin Hooper a little bit, but again, tight end. The position is just so bad. I think if you've got Hooper, chances are you don't have anybody better anyways. Uh, So Hooper, you can play uh, at running back. I think Tevin Coleman could have a decent game here as he is literally the only option they have uh, worth anything in that backfield. For the Carolina Panthers, Cam Newton is out, so we are going to see Taylor Heineke's first game at quarterback. Good for him. Uh, You know, if you guys didn't get a chance, watch his little press conference talking about his dad. Uh, Some pretty emotional stuff. It'll make you, I think Ian Rappaport, someone tweeted out saying that, uh, uh, Evan Silva, I think is actually who it was. He was like, man, it'll inst- instantly make you a fan of this kid. And he is right. It's, it's awesome to see that kind of real emotion from a person, especially when it comes toward their father and their relationship. But I don't think you can start him. The only player I think is worth starting on Carolina is Christian McCaffrey. He's an easy plug and play. Uh, I do worry a little bit about him going up against this Atlanta Falcons defense, who had been one of the worst teams against the run, but since getting Deion Jones back, have uh, really improved against the run. However, they just don't have anybody else. I imagine that uh, Henneke is going to have to rely on McCaffrey in this one. I also like DJ Moore a little bit as well. I think that they're going to be able to find ways to kind of gadget him into the offense and get him uh, plays as well. Uh, And I do have the Panthers winning this game. Next up, we have a huge playoff matchup between the Houston Texans and the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia being given the 55% chance to win this game, and they are two-point favorites. For Houston, obviously Deshaun Watson is an easy play along with DeAndre Hopkins. Lamar Miller still dealing with the ankle injury right here. They did have Donta Foreman activated, so he is possible to play here. If Lamar Miller is out, I don't think that you can trust playing Donta Foreman in his stead because they'll still use Alfred Blue. Um, So just hope Lamar Miller will be ready if you're a Lamar Miller owner because, like I said, I don't think you can rely on Alfred Blue or Deonta Foreman. Uh, I love Foreman. I think he's a really intriguing prospect, but he has not been able to get fully back into uh, NFL shape is the way the coaches are putting and everything, so I doubt that they're going to throw him out there. First game of the season up against Philly and what they need uh, is pretty much a must win if they want to try and secure a uh, first round bye. I can't imagine they're just going to throw him out there and hope for the best so I would not play him. The Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Nick Foles, I mean, I don't think you can trust him here. The winter does really seem to be his time of year. Uh, he was awesome for the most part last year, and obviously he defeated the Rams again last week and looked really good, um, but I would steer clear of him. For the running backs, 
I just can't trust Josh Adams, Corey Clement here. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, not Corey Clement. Uh, Wendell Smallwood. I think Wendell Smallwood is probably the best player just because uh, he catches the ball out of the backfield. Jamal, Josh Adams. My goodness, guys. I'm sorry. My son just gave me some chocolate. I was like in the middle of eating and trying to uh, figure out what I wanted to talk about with the Eagles. Josh Adams is more of a, a runner. He's not really doing much in the receiving game here. So if I had to choose one or the other, I'd go Wendell Smallwood. Wide receivers, I think you've got to play Alshon. He just seems to have a great rapport with Nick Foles. They always seem to team up here in the big games exactly when they're needed. And wouldn't that be just the most Nick Foles thing to do? Philadelphia, pretty much out of the playoff race, comes in for an injured Carson Wentz and leads them back to the playoffs, much like he did last year, leading them to a Super Bowl. And he targets Alshon Jeffrey all day, every day. Go with Alshon and Zach Ertz, obviously, as well. I have the Philadelphia Eagles winning this game and continuing a push for the playoffs. Next up, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Miami Dolphins. Miami being given the 50.7% chance to win this game, and they are 3.5 favorites. And this game is very easy to describe. Bring out your dead! Bring out your dead! Bring out your dead! That right there completely describes this game because all of these fantasy players are dead, in my opinion. There's not one person I can trust in any or on either one of these teams. Um, if you had to pick one person for Jacksonville, it would obviously be Leonard Fournette. He's a first-round pick for you, but he has just been god-awful here as of late. I just don't think that you can trust playing him in your championship game nonetheless. And really the same thing goes for Miami. Uh, I mean, Kenyon Drake would be the one player that I would like, but he has Kalen Balazs there now, and I just don't know what either one of those are going to do. I know a lot of people are playing Kalen Balazs this week after what he did last week. I personally don't think you can trust him. Uh, again, I've never been very big on Kalen Balazs, so I could be proved 100% wrong on him, uh, and I, I will gladly take that L if it happens. I personally just could not trust him in this matchup. Jacksonville is one of the worst teams against the run, so maybe he's able to come through for you here. I personally would lean Drake, uh, and I still would do everything I could to get Drake out of my lineup. Uh, and I do have the Miami Dolphins winning that game. Next up, we have the Green Bay Packers and the New York Jets. Green Bay being given the 68% chance to win the game, and they are 2.8 favorites. Aaron Rodgers is playing in this one, so if you have Aaron Rodgers, I think he is good to go. You can fire him up. Aaron Jones, obviously, for those of us who had him, may you rest in peace fantasy-wise. Uh, sucks to see that he, got, uh, he will be out for the rest of the season. I do think Jamal Williams is worthy to play in his stead. Do think, though, to kind of limit your expectations a little bit, as I don't think he puts up quite the, the amount of points that Aaron Jones has, but I do think Jamal Williams could have a good day. Devontae Adams as well, obviously easy start for me at the wide receiver position. For the Jets, I don't think uh, there's anyone. Uh, I shouldn't say that. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself on that one. I like Elijah McGuire this week. I do think he'll be able to put up some points. Uh, does do a lot of work in the receiving game, obviously. Fairly decent runner of the ball. Green Bay's defense not been great against either. And Robbie Anderson. I actually think Robbie Anderson can have another really good game like he did last week. Chris Herndon, low-end wide receiver two as well, or tight end two, I'm sorry, uh, as well. I like him in this matchup. I have the Green Bay Packers winning that game. Next up, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. 
Dallas being given the 69% chance to win this game, and they are really, there's no, no, uh, nothing on here. I really thought that they would give something, so I guess that's just to pick them. Uh, I'm not seeing uh, a line on there, so I'll just go ahead and skip that part of it. For Tampa Bay, uh, I think it's Mike Evans, obviously. Easy start there at the wide receiver position. Peyton Barber, uh, I would not start in this one, actually. Even though he's having quietly a very good year, this Dallas Cowboys defense has been solid. Really like the Cowboys here. Uh, defense, especially in this matchup. I don't think that Barber's going to be able to do much against them. Um, and I really like Cameron Braid. I think he could have a huge game in this one. I know the Cowboys, again, shut down Eric Ebron last week, uh, but they made that a point in the game plan to go after Eric Ebron and slow him down. I don't think that uh, Cameron Braid is going to get that same kind of reaction and everything uh, that Eric Ebron did against this defense. So Cameron Braid, I think, is a worthy starter in this one. I think he's actually going to have a really good game for them. For the Cowboys, I think it's easy again. It's it's Amari Cooper. It's Zeke Elliott. That's it. Um, I would not argue with someone plugging Dak in, as I do think that he'll, he could do something against this defense, uh, but I just wouldn't trust him. For me, it's just Amari Cooper and Zeke. Uh, and I do have the Cowboys winning the game. Next up, we have the Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions. Minnesota, the 59, given the 59% chance to win this game, and they are six-point favorites. For Minnesota, I think Kirk Cousins bounces back a little bit in this one, has himself a decent game. I'm, I'm thinking right up there about the 15-16 mark uh, that he's been doing here of, of late. Love Dalvin Cook in this matchup. I expect him to have another huge game. Um, and I do think that you can start Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. I do think Adam Thielen bounces back pretty good in this matchup here. Uh, as Darius Slay is likely going to be on Stefan Diggs more often than he will be on uh, Thielen. So I really like Thielen to have a good game here, bounce back after the poor performance last week. For the Lions, uh, I think it's all just Kenny Galladay, and that's it. And that worries me a little bit because, again, Kenny Galladay is all that they have. He'll be on uh, Xavier Rhodes, uh, who hasn't quite been the shutdown corner he was last year. Um, we did see earlier this year what happened, or this year, we saw what happened last week when Matt Stafford actually just decides to throw the ball to Kenny Galladay and let him go up and get it. He put up over 118 yards, had a huge day for fantasy, and of course, most of us, including myself, were likely sitting him because of the matchup. He was going up against an elite corner in Tredavious White, um, and yet Kenny Galladay was able to do all of what he was able to do. That's why I do like him in this matchup, especially if Stafford targets him. I have the Minnesota Vikings winning the game. Next up, we have the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. New England being given the 86% chance to win the game, and they are 13.5 favorites. For the Bills, it's just Josh Allen for me, uh, and it's all based solely on his running ability here. Uh, I do think that the Patriots are going to try and take that away from him some, but I still think he's going to be able to produce some there. Uh, and that's it. I don't trust Shady. I don't trust Zay Jones, and I don't trust Robert Foster in this one. Uh, the Patriots are always very good at taking one player away from the team, and I do think it's going to be Robert Foster. I know a lot of people think Zay Jones is the best wide receiver on this team, and he may be one day, but Robert Foster's blowing up right now. He's having just amazing game after amazing game. I think the Patriots are going to target him and shut him down. For the Patriots, uh, 
I do have Tom pretty high this week. I have him in my top 10. I think Tom Brady actually bounces back and has a pretty good game here against Buffalo, even though they're one of the better defenses in the league. But where they thrive is against a run. That's why I don't think Sony Michelle has a huge day here and or James White. Um, I think both are mediocre at best, right in the 12 to 10 range on points. Don't think either one has a huge day. Obviously, we saw Josh Gordon get suspended yesterday. He is no longer with the Patriots. Um, heartbreaking news, really. Uh, and I'm going to address that real quick here while I'm talking about the game. So for the football side of things, yes, it sucks. Uh, the Patriots, uh, Josh Gordon is gone now. They're going to have to figure out a way, have other players step up in his stead. I do think that Chris Hogan is going to be able to step up and play decent here. Uh, and obviously, I love Julian Edelman at the wide receiver position as well. This dude has been in just all-out stud since he came back. When it comes to Gordon personally, though, the one thing I have to say is um, I've seen a lot of people come out on Twitter and and put get, put a lot of hate towards him. Talk about how he's ruined their fantasy championships and all this and everything. You guys gotta understand one thing, man, that this that doesn't matter. Man, all that matters is this kid and his mental health and getting better. I call him a kid. He's, he's a little bit younger than I am. But if you've watched the uninterrupted piece, if you've read what this guy has gone through his entire life, that's all he's done is learn how to cope with alcohol and drugs. Um, and, yes, yeah, so he failed a test. If that's what happened, there has been a lot of talk as well that he just didn't show up for the test. Now, maybe he didn't show up because he knew he's going to fail it. We don't know. But per NFL policy, if you do not show up or if you miss a test, it's considered an auto automatic fail. So for me, all I wish for is for him to get his life back in order. I hope that he ends up healthy. His his NFL career is likely completely over at this point. I can't imagine, even if he is reinstated by Roger Goodell, that a team will take a chance on him. They might, because uh, I do think that he is a superior talent at the wide receiver position. But in all honesty, all I care about is this kid getting himself right and uh, being able to live his life again, because addiction is a real sickness. I've had a friend who suffered from it, ended up taking his own life because of it. Um, it's no joke. It is not something that you can just get under control, in my opinion. It's something these people live with every single day of their lives. It is a demon that they have to carry on their back, on their shoulders, in their heads, 24 hours a day. I, I could not imagine what he is going through, and I feel nothing but sadness for him and hope and hope that he will be able to turn his life around because if, if we're all being honest with ourselves, he has a full life to live. He's 27, 26 years old. Football, while it may be over for him, he's still young and has a full life ahead of him, so I do hope that he's able to turn that around. With that being said, again, with him now not being on the team, I do like Chris Hogan this week to step up in his stead along with uh, Julian Edelman. I don't think that you can trust Gronk this week. If you've got him, chances are you've already kind of moved on from him, or I would hope, uh, and you've picked up someone else to play, uh, continue to play whoever it else is you picked up. If you haven't, again, Chris Herndon, Jets, safe like six, seven-point floor because I just don't see Gronk being able to do much in this one, uh, and I have the New England Patriots winning this game. Next up, jumping into the now Sunday afternoon games, we have the Chicago Bears and the San Francisco 49ers. Chicago being given the 64% chance to win this game, and they are being given four points for Chicago. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, I like him this week. I think he's a good play at quarterback, uh, based so a lot on the rushing. I like Tariq Cohen this week. I think he's going to bounce back, have another really good week again. Jordan Howard intrigues me. 
Just because the 49ers are not great against the rush, I just don't know. I think for me, Howard has to score to make your week, so I'd have him as a low-end flex play compared to Cohen, who I'd have as an RB2. Uh, and I love Allen Robinson this week. I think he, him and Trey Burton are, are great plays at the wide receiver and tight end position. For the 49ers, I think you've got to play Matt Breida. I know he's banged up. I know he's dealing with injuries. But all this dude does is go out and produce even when he's hurt. Uh, so if he's going to be out there playing, if they say, hey, Breida's good to go, play him. Wouldn't play Nick Mullins. I have him right around the 14-point mark uh, unless you're desperate. And then uh, for the receiving options here, I think you can play both Dante Pettis and obviously George Kittle at tight end. He's an elite tight end. He's good to go. Uh, but I do like Dante Pettis in this matchup. Even though the Bears defense is awesome, chances are they're going to be getting to Nick Mullins early and often. I like Dante Pettis a lot in this game. I have the 49ers with the upset trap game, I think, against the Bears. I think the 49ers are going to be able to pull off a big one here. Next up, we have the St. Oh, I almost called them the St. Louis Rams, guys. My goodness. The Los Angeles Rams and the Arizona Cardinals. The Rams, 88% chance to win this game, and they are... Again, I don't see a line, so I imagine it's double digits, though, to be honest with you guys. So, for the Rams... Jared Goff scares me. I have him down at 17 in my ranks. I would not play him. If you ha- if you can't avoid it, don't expect a big game. I just do not see it happening. Again, this offense has really been struggling here as of late. Um, and I, I do think that that's going to continue here, especially with uh, Patrick Peterson on the other side. And, of course, Todd Gurley possibly missing the game. Todd Gurley right now is being called a game-time decision. Much like Julio Jones, uh, the Rams have come out and said that they will let it be they will let it be known early Sunday morning whether or not he's going to play. I think it's leaning toward the side of him not playing. They have come out and also said that if Gurley does not play, Anderson will be the first guy up. So if you're needing to back up Todd Gurley, get C.J. Anderson. I do think that John Kelly is uh, the more talented back, but for whatever reason, they just do not trust him. I don't know if he's not picking up the offense, just not showing well in practice. Uh, But it's going to be C.J. Anderson, so if you have to, get C.J. Anderson to back up Gurley. For the wide receivers in this one, I do think Brandon Cooks is going to get matched up with Patrick Peterson more often than not. Uh, So that leads me to Robert Woods and Josh Reynolds in this one. I would feel fine playing both of them. Josh Reynolds more of a flex player. Robert Woods, I think, could be uh, a wide receiver one this week. For the Cardinals, I think it's just David Johnson, and I don't feel that great about starting him either. Um, I know he had a great week last week. I don't see him reproducing that. Uh, And Larry Fitzgerald, I like him a lot this week. Um, Just not sure that you can trust him as anything more than a flex player, though it would be great uh, to see him in your lineup uh, one last time before he retires. Next up, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans, a 70% chance to win the game, and they are being given six points for Pittsburgh. Obviously, you're starting Big Ben, and he should be good this week uh, going up against a Steelers defense, or Saints defense, that has been really good against the run, uh, and while they have been improving against the pass, are still not quite what they were last year. However, what could hurt Big Ben is Juju Smith-Schuster, so he injured his groin at practice yesterday, uh, and he is now being said to be questionable for the game. That is a huge blow 
for all of our teams that made it to the championship round with Juju, hoping for a huge game and what looked to be a very good matchup this week as a likely Marcus Lattimore was going to be on AB, giving us a fair share of looks at Juju here. Um, I do think that Juju is still likely going to play. He was limited at practice. Usually if they're limited at practice, that means that they're going to end up playing in the game. We just don't know how good jo- Juju is going to be and how much his injury is going to bother him. So it's something you guys need to watch for on Sunday. If he is, for some reason, ruled out of the game, pick up James Washington. I do think he is a worthy fill-in for Juju. Obviously, if you have a B, I think he is a worthy play as well. Uh, and I like Vance McDonald as well in this matchup. Uh, has some upside there at the tight end position. For the Saints, you're starting all of your guys. Oh, before we get to the Saints, I apologize. I left out the James Conner. So James Conner has also been ruled out for the Steelers. Uh, so obviously, if you have Jalen Samuels, you're starting him. However, much like the Saints running backs, who I was about to touch on, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, do not expect a lot out of these three. Both the Steelers and the Saints are very good against the run. Mark Ingram, I don't think, is going to have a huge game here. I would lean more toward Kamara if you have both. In the fact that I think much like Kamara and Samuels, they are going to catch a lot of passes. And I think that's how they're going to get around these defensive line and linebackers, again, that are very good at stopping the run. You're obviously starting Michael Thomas if you somehow survived last week with the poor performance he gave you. Uh, he should be able to bounce back here against, uh, while an improving Steelers secondary, uh, still not that great. Likely will get matched up with Joe Hayden from time to time, but I do think Michael Thomas can beat him in that matchup. And then obviously uh, Drew Brees, I have him up in my top 12 this week. Uh, but if you've got someone you think is better, you might be uh, better off playing him uh, as Drew Brees, for whatever reason, has just really struggled this year to put up a lot of high-end fantasy point games at the quarterback position. And I have the Saints winning this game. Last but not least, the Sunday night game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Seattle Seahawks. Kansas City is favored to win, or being given the 51% chance to win this game, and they are being given 2.5 points. For KC, you are starting Patrick Mahomes. You are starting Tyreek Hill. Even though he is a little banged up, he should be good to go, should be good in this matchup. Spencer Ware is doubtful again to go in this matchup. Uh, So that means you are likely leaning on Damian Williams yet again to have a big game here. However, Seattle very good against the run. Uh, So don't expect a huge game here, but he will likely be able to still put up a decent amount of points catching the ball out of the backfield and and getting rushing yards as well. Uh, for, oh, Travis Kelsey as well, tight end. Easy start, obviously. Stud. Top two, three tight end uh, on the year so far. We'll continue to do that for at least the next couple years. For Seattle, Russell Wilson should be good to go. I think you can start Doug Baldwin with some confidence. You can also start Chris Carson with a lot of confidence as Rashad Penny is likely not going to play in this game due to injury. Uh, Seattle is the run heaviest team in the league. They run the ball, uh, I I would almost say, two times more than the next closest team. It is ridiculous. So Chris Carson should get plenty of run in this game. Also kind of like Mike Davis is a little bit of a sleeper here, possibly a flex starter. Uh, Caught all 10 of his passes last week with Rashad Penny being out. I expect him to be able to kind of replicate that as well. Um, Tyler Lockett, I think, is a worthy wide receiver to play as well. And I like David Moore. Uh, in this one a little bit as a flex starter against this bad Kansas City defense. 
And I have the Seattle Seahawks coming in with the upset on this one. So that is going to do it for today's podcast. That is all of the games. I will be back Monday uh, to break down everything, talk about hopefully what is a much better fantasy week for us in championship week this week compared to what we saw in the semifinals last week in week 15 and then i will give us a, give you guys a preview of the probably craptastic game between the denver broncos and the oakland raiders on monday night for everybody who made it to your your championships your super bowls congratulations and good luck this weekend i really do hope that you guys are all able to pull off the win. There's nothing sweeter than getting uh, the money that is well-earned, the hardware, and the trash talking right with the championship win. Hopefully, obviously, with the Monday night game, your your game may still hold in the balance, but for the most part, hopefully you guys are all able to win your matchups this weekend. Again, good luck. Uh, hope you guys enjoy Week 16 of the NFL season is we're already almost done with the regular season and we'll be moving on into the NFL playoffs here in just a couple weeks. Until we talk again on Monday, guys, good luck, enjoy the weekend, and enjoy the football. We'll talk on Monday. Peace. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone. For an unbelievable touchdown! I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Over the tackle of the corner. Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can! <laughs>